While US growth among top SVODs has slowed to a crawl, people are still adopting new services and fast channels. Enthusiast programming is driving the growth. Listen on to find out why. This is End Screen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at End Screen Media, and today is June 1st, 2023. Last week at the OTTX X Fronts in Los Angeles, I outlined the case for enthusiast programming in the streaming TV market before I moderated a panel on that topic at the conference. Now, I think this is a very compelling case, and in today's podcast, I'm going to explain why. But first, do you want to get up to speed fast on the fast market? Well, you need to watch my new class, Getting to Grips with Fast, a primer on free ad-supported streaming TV. Whether you are new to or immersed in the market, we've got you covered. The class defines key terms, explains how the market grew so quickly, reveals the superpower of each of the top fast services, and tells you where the market is headed. It leverages the latest data, putting it into context, so you leave understanding the dimensions of the fast market, why it got that way, and where it's going. So grab your notebook and let's get started. So what is enthusiast programming? Well, broadly speaking, it is a service or channel that caters to some specific interest minority group or subject. For example, I have several enthusiast services in all of my streaming TV services that I use. For example, I have BritBox, which I love and which gives me a good dose of the British TV content that I like to watch. I also have CuriosityStream that gives me my, my factual. But there are many other services like Crunchyroll for anime, anime fans and Bull Riders Channel if you love rodeo. There are just plenty of services and channels that provide this type of information. That's fast channels that provide that information. So what is the opportunity for these types of services? Sometimes to understand what might happen in the future, it's good to take a look into the past. And that's what we're going to do right now, because in the heyday of the cable TV industry, it kept throwing more and more channels at us in our subscription packages. In 2008, for example, the average person who had a cable TV subscription had access to 129 channels. And by 2013, just six years later, that had grown to 189. But guess what? The number of channels we used didn't change hardly at all. It was 17.3 in 2008 and had only grown to 17.5 in 2013. And I can actually tell you, it was up and down between 17.3 and 17.5 between that whole period. So it really didn't grow at all. Now, if we look at the channels that people actually had in those 17 channel bundles that they had, well, of course, Many of them were dedicated to the most popular channels. So almost everybody was watching at least one of 
ABC, CBS, Fox, and NBC. And other channels like ESPN and Discovery were very popular too. But beyond those, the 17 channels that people used were very, very different. And I'm talking about much smaller channels like Space Network, Global Television Network, Revolt, CBC. These channels were much smaller and catered to much finer grained interests. Well, I'm here to say that I think we are headed in a similar direction with internet TV. According to TiVo, the average person in the US and Canada in Q4 2022 was using 12 different TV services on a regular basis. And many of those people have already decided what their general entertainment services are. They've already subscribed to them. Four in five people, for example, have one of the top three SVOD services in the US and Canada, and three in five have two or more. Well, with such deep penetration of these popular services, I think it's no big surprise that the opportunity for growth among these general entertainment services like Netflix, Hulu, and Disney Plus has slowed dramatically. For example, in the last year, Netflix in the United States and Canada actually lost a little bit of subscribers, a very small amount of their subscribers. Disney, well, its subscribers in UK and United States and Canada actually declined for the first time in the first calendar quarter of 2023. And Hulu, which has been growing strongly for a long time, well, it added just 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of 2023. That's down from a 1.6 million gain in Q1 2022. So it really shows you that the top SVOD services that are providing general entertainment, their growth has really slowed a lot. But that's not to say that subscriptions aren't still growing here in the US. They are. While the number of people with one of the top three SVOD services increased by only 5% between 2020 and 2022, the average number of paid services per person actually increased by 17% in 2022 alone. That means people have been expanding the number of paid services that they are getting, but they're really focusing now more on these enthusiast type services. They're really looking to smaller services to fill out those specific interests that they have. Perhaps they added something like a Crunchyroll or a Curiosity Stream, something or BritBox, something like that that really tickled that their particular enthusiast interest. But the opportunity for enthusiast content is not confined to pay services. I think there is a great opportunity for fast services and you don't have to look very hard to find it. Today, many of the fast services provide three to 400 channels, some even more than 400. And they're already including a good smattering of enthusiast channels. I'm thinking of channels like Reverie, Bob Ross, and the Bull Riders Network. These are great examples of channels that are really looking to connect with people with a very 
very specific and enthusiast interest. And I think that there's still plenty of room for growth. I mentioned that I moderated a panel at OTTX on enthusiast programming. Well, Jill Goldfarb, who was the, who is the SVP of streaming at Trusted Media Brands, uh, she's just released a really interesting channel called At Home with Home Handyman uh, that I've been watching a lot of lately. I think that's safe to say that that's an enthusiast channel. Well, during the panel discussion at the OTTX X Fronts, she said, you can look at any topic as an opportunity if you do it the right way. And content is always going to drive that. So what she's saying there is that there are a huge number of untapped opportunities in enthusiast programming that can be turned into fast services. Basically, if you have the content in a particular niche, there you are going to find an opportunity potentially with fast services. Uh, and I think it's the fastest growing category in fasts. But another really fast growing category in the fast market is also another opportunity for enthusiast programming. And I'm thinking here of single IP channels, though that is channels that are based on a single TV show title. There are plenty of them out there. I'm sure you've seen the Midsummer Channel or Baywatch or Let's Make a Deal. These, these shows all have dedicated channels in fast services and they're still growing. This week, Plex added a slew of new channels, including single IP, single IP channels from with Dr. G, Medical Examiner, Unsolved Mysteries, and Screenbox, and there's a whole Screenbox TV, and there's a whole bunch more. And I think it's safe to say that there are many more coming. And the opportunity for enthusiast content, I think, is going to grow, not shrink. And that is because cord cutting is accelerating. The situation for cord cutting, I think, is getting much better since premium sports now are migrating online. Sports have kept people anchored to their cable TV subscription. It was the only way they could get their favorite local teams and favorite sports in any depth. But now that they're moving online, that's enabling a lot more people to contemplate life without a cable TV subscription. But remember back at the, at the start, I said that many people had enthusiast or niche channels in their pay TV package in that 17 channels that they watched. Well, now that their favorite sport is migrating online, they will start to look for their enthusiast content in streaming services. And the great news here is if they cut the cord, they're going to have $100 or more freed up from that pay TV subscription, which they can now devote to their array of special interests. This is sure to attract more people into the internet TV market that have this special interest, interest content. We could see new SVOD services launch around these special interests and the enthusiast services that are already out there are likely to see a spike in, in subscriber growth. As well, we should expect 
content providers in the fast market to cater to them and join that market too. So all in all, I think the opportunity for enthusiast content is expanding, not contracting. And we are going to see many, many more new SVOD services and channels catering to enthusiast interests. You can find out more about what the panel of experts experts at the OTTX XFront conference had to say about enthusiast programming, and they will give you some of their best opportunities in enthusiastic enthusiast programming in that piece. Just come to the endscreenmedia.com website and search on enthusiast in the search bar, and you'll find that opinion piece there. And you'll also find a transcript of this podcast with graphs, which I hope should help you understand the opportunity for enthusiast programming a little better. And while you're there, why don't you check out the trackers feature where I'm tracking many of the big companies in streaming and traditional media. And while you're there, why don't you sign up for the Endscreen Media newsletter weekly or daily. Either is free. I'll speak with you again next time. This podcast is the property of Endscreen Media. All rights reserved.